Welcome to a special episode of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry focusing on God's unconditional love and grace. Today we're continuing to bring you highlights from the 2018 Healing is Here conference held at Andrews Karras Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. If we deal with the sin problem, we've dealt with the sickness problem. And now here's Andrew. Welcome to a special edition of the Gospel Truth Broadcast. Today, we're going to be playing some more excerpts from our 2018 Healing is Here conference. And today, we're going to be uh, showing you Barry Bennett's teaching. Uh, it was powerful. We saw so many lives changed, and Barry Bennett is just a great, great blessing to me. He's one of our resident teachers. He's the dean of our teachers at Karis Bible College, and I tell you, he's just a powerful guy. He's fluent in Spanish. He was a missionary in Chile, and he is just a blessing. So watch this as we play some of Barry Bennett's teaching from our Healing is Here conference in 2018. Well, praise God. I want to start with Jesus. I'm going to go to Luke chapter 4. Jesus returns to his hometown, and he, moves, he goes into the synagogue, and this is after, recently after he's returned from the, from the wilderness. In, in verse 17, it says, There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, Amen. to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Or he's announcing from the prophet Isaiah, he's, he's been announced by God as the son. This is my son. He's been empowered with the Holy Spirit. He's then demonstrated the power of righteousness in a sinless life in face-to-face -face confrontation with the devil. And now he goes into the synagogue, picks up the scroll of Isaiah, stands up to read and says, the spirit of God is upon me, I'll, I'll paraphrase, to help you. The spirit of God is upon me to help you, to set you free, to deliver you. That's the heart of God. Later he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The spirit of God is upon me to help you. He wants to set you free. And then it goes on to say in verse 20, and he closed the book and he gave it to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And it says, and he began to say to them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now I try to put myself in the place of the people that were listening. And I'm thinking probably their heads are exploding. It says, he sat down. Now, I heard this in Bible college many years ago, and I hadn't heard it since, and I started resourcing or looking this up again lately, and I found another place that says the same thing. I'm not promising you this is true, but I've heard it taught in two different places that the chair in which he sat down was a chair that was for the Messiah. And every synagogue had such a chair that no one was allowed to sit in. It was looking forward to the coming Messiah. And so these two sources that I've, that I've studied out believe that he sat down in that chair. Now, whether that is true or not, 
In, the, in the, the custom of the time, it was the custom for one who is ministering to stand up, to read the word, and then to sit down to preach. Maybe we should try that here. <laughs> he sat down to preach, but then he said, and perhaps he's in the Messiah chair, I don't know, but he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. I've come to help you. I'm anointed by the Spirit of God to set you free. He sits down. This day, this scripture is fulfilled. So let's go back and rewind here. He's been announced by God, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He's been baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's gone off into the wilderness. He's defeated the devil face to face because sinlessness trumps darkness. And then he goes into the synagogue and he reads, the spirit of God is upon me to help you. And then he sits down. He sits down. There's something significant. We're gonna follow the idea of Jesus sitting down. Something significant is taking place because what he is doing is he is announcing the beginning of God's will for God's people. He's announcing the beginning of his ministry. And then he goes forth and begins to minister. And we have the four gospels full of stories about what Jesus was doing to fulfill Isaiah 61. And it's interesting that he, most of his time is spent teaching and healing, teaching and healing, teaching and healing to fulfill that which was written in Isaiah 61. Is everybody with me here? So he's teaching and healing, but what? I'm not, I don't want to be cynical here. I don't want to, but he's not counseling. There's probably some place that comes from in me. But, but he's not counseling. He's teaching and healing. He's letting them hear the word as I spoke today, Luke 5:15. They came to hear him and to be healed. They didn't come to be counseled. They came to hear the word and to be healed because the word does the work. The spirit of God is upon me. And as Andrew was saying and Greg was saying, you come in here and you sit four hours a day. And we've seen this over the years. People that come in the first year and we, we, they get their picture taken. They get an identity badge and all this. And some of the pictures the first year, the first time they walk in the door and enroll in school and get their picture made. Maybe they're not the best pictures. <laughs> Second year. When you see people's pictures and you compare their first year picture to their second year picture, you can see the difference because they've spent nine months here, four hours a day, five days a week under the word and something happens. And they don't even many times recognize that it's happening, but we can see it. We can see it. Why? Because the spirit of God is here to bless you. So Jesus begins his ministry. And it's a ministry, and I, we talked today in Mark chapter two about the man, the paralytic that was let down through the hole in the roof. And the point of that message, or one of the points of that message was that forgiveness is the birthplace, if you will, for healing. Or in other words, healing is a function of forgiveness. Jesus says in that story, if you'll recall from this morning, I have authority on earth to forgive sins. Why did he have authority on earth to forgive sins? 
because God revealed who he was, anointed him with his spirit, demonstrated the power of that face to face with the devil, and then gave him his commission, Isaiah 61, this is what he's all about, and then he sat down, as if to say, you can't change this. You can't change this. This is God's call, this is my purpose, this is my destiny. You can't change this, I have authority now on earth to forgive sins. Which is it therefore easier to do, forgive sins or say take up your pallet and walk? Did a little bit of review here, but stick with me. So that you can see that I have authority on earth to forgive sins, get up, go home. The root is being dealt with by someone who has God's identity, God's authority, God's purpose, and God's power. He has been identified as the Son of God. He has the authority because he demonstrated against the devil himself. So what else could be out there that's bigger than what he's already been through? He already defeated the worst there is. And so now he's beginning to wreak havoc in the, in the power of darkness and he's beginning to bring healing and he's beginning to set people free because he's sent to help us. He's sent to help us. When we talk about power, how can I put this? We have to begin with the idea of identity. If you don't know who you are in Christ, you're going to have a very hard time demonstrating the power of God. You must know who you are, you must understand righteousness. From righteousness is birthed authority. From authority is birthed faith. I'm gonna demonstrate that to you as we, as we go through this. But it begins with, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Who are we? If we've been born again, who are we? Have, what family have we been adopted into? We are sons and daughters of God. What spirit have we been born of? The spirit of the living God. What spirit have we been baptized into, endued with power from on high? The spirit of the living God. Therefore, we have the identity, we have the, the, the anointing, we have the authority, but many of us don't go from there and re reach out into the world of faith. Go with me to Matthew 12. Matthew 12, 29. I hope all the pieces come together as I go through this. In Matthew 12, 29, he, Jesus is going around healing the sick, casting out demons, and the Pharisees, as usual, have a fit. And so he says, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man? And then he will spoil his house. Who's the strong man? Satan. What's his house? The earth. He's the God of this world. All right. It says, how can one enter into a strong man's house, the earth, he's God of this world, prince of the power of the air, and spoil his goods or take that which he has stolen, spoil that which he has dominion over, except he first bind the strong man. Now, when charismatics read that, typically what we think of is we get kind of goofy. 
And we go around saying, I bind thee Satan, I bind thee Satan, I bind thee Satan, I bind thee Satan, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Then we make the sign of the cross. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Both hands, the blood of Jesus, the sign of the cross, the blood of Jesus, the sign of the cross. I bind thee, I bind thee, I bind thee. And then we anoint the house with Crisco, put it all over the walls. <laughs> Some of you are starting to slink down in your chairs. <laughs> Did Jesus do that? What loosed the strong man into the earth to begin with? Three-letter word, sin. If sin loosed him to become the God of this world, if sin gave him authority to have dominion over the earth and establish the power of darkness over the earth and to steal and to kill and destroy, and Jesus says, how can I come and spoil his house except I first bind him? And we don't have any evidence of Jesus doing what we do sometimes as charismatics. What was binding him? What's the antidote to sin? Righteousness. Jesus was binding the devil just by being who he was. He was the righteousness of God in himself. He was the son of God anointed with power, endued with power. He had been given a mission and just his very presence made demons tremble and scream. He didn't have to do this. He didn't have to say the blood of me, the blood of me, the blood of me. He didn't have to do a dance. He just simply showed up because he was righteous. Now I'm going somewhere with this. Righteousness binds the enemy. It's not the dance you do. It's who you know you are. I have stories I can tell about this, but folks, you can sleep in a cemetery like a baby if you know who you are. When you walk into a haunted house or a demonic situation, if you know who you are, when you walk in, they leave. You don't have to walk in like this. <laughs> See, that's just fear on steroids. You don't know who you are. If you're doing that kind of stuff, you don't know who you are. Righteousness binds the enemy and spoils his house. Now we're talking, I, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm getting to healing, but I, we, if we don't have foundation in some of this stuff, we're not gonna ever understand it. We have got to understand authority. One time when I was, uh, when I was driving, uh, I was with my, in Chile and with my assistant pastor and I was taking him home and I turned down a, a major boulevard and I was, we were talking and whatever. And all of a sudden, out from the sidewalk steps a carabinero, a policeman. Green uniform, instantly recognizable, white gauntlet gloves. He stood out in front of my car and put out his hand. Now, according to the law of physics, I could win that, that battle, but I wouldn't be here. I would still be in prison in Chile. But according to the law of the land, that identity, that uniform, that badge, authority, and that gun, power, trumped the weight and speed of my car. 
I recognized authority, though I had momentum. And I had to stop. And he politely explained to me I was speeding. I didn't know that. Speed signs are very infrequent. Apparently I was speeding. And so I had to submit to someone who did not have the physical power to stop my car, but he had the authority to stop my car. Some of us are looking for the physical ability to fix our bodies. And we may not have, and the doctor may not have, and he may say, there's nothing I can do. We're not looking to the right source. You're not looking to your identity. You're not looking to your authority. You're not looking to the enduing of power from on high. You're looking to how can I make this better? What can the doctor do? What pills do I need to take? What surgery do I need to have? And none of that may be enough. But if you know who you are, you can spoil the works of the devil that have taken place in your life. But if you don't know who you are, and if you don't understand righteousness, then you're going to be running around emotional, worried, up and down, what have you. A uniform reveals something. If a Marine walks in the door, we know that's a Marine, that's an Army guy, that's a Navy guy, that's an Air Force guy. We understand identity through a uniform. When that uniform has a badge on it, in the case of a policeman, now we know there has been delegated authority. And with the badge, if there's a weapon, we, we understand even more of the potentials and possibilities that exist. All right? We, in the kingdom of God, are the policemen. We're not the victims. We're the victors. We're the policemen, but if we don't know who we are, if we don't understand that when Jesus sat down, his ministry began and there was nothing the enemy could do about it. Amen. Now, go with me to Hebrews 10, 12 and 13. It says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies be made his footstool. Oh, wow. He sat down at the beginning of his ministry, and when he was done, mission accomplished, he sat down again at the right hand of God, waiting until his enemies be made a footstool. And he, when he sat down, he granted us, see, when he was on earth, he delegated authority. He had the right to delegate authority. He was a sinless, spotless son of God. And he delegated to his disciples authority to go and cast out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead. And we marvel at that and praise God for that. But we have something even better. We have inherent authority. Because as believers, we have the greater one living in us. It's not simply delegated. It's, it's part of us. It's part of our nature. We have authority. Why? Because he sat down. He sat down at the right hand of God. And it says in Matthew 28, all power has been given unto me. Go ye therefore. Go ye therefore. See, here's the thing. Here's the, I don't know if I'm being clear yet. I hope I'm going to try and make it clear here. That we come to a place like this because we, and to go through what we're going through in this, praise God for a healing conference, but we shouldn't need a healing conference. 
If we knew who we were, and if we understood what it meant when he sat down, the deal is done. The deal is done, folks. This is not a superstitious thing. This is not about if you have this kind of faith or that kind of faith or how you make the sign of the cross or if you plead the blood of Jesus. It's not about any of that. When he sat down, the deal was done. And we have become, if we're born again and we're in Christ, then Christ is in us, the greater one with the uniform, the badge, and the gun. And if we understand that, then we can begin to make right what is wrong in this world. And those that, are, that have broken bodies, we have the authority. In this room is the power and the authority to heal everybody in this room and in the next room and downstairs and around the world. If we would get a revelation of who we are. And so often we focus on the pain, we focus on the feeling, we focus on what the doctor said, we focus on what happened to our relatives, what happened to them, well they believe that and they died and we go through all this stuff and we're not focusing on the word like I talked about today. Give attention to the word, incline your ear unto the word because it is health to your flesh. Change your language from the, king, the darkness language to the kingdom language, learn a new language and begin, put on your uniform Shine up your badge, oil your gun, whatever, and begin to exert the authority that you have in Christ. Why? Because he sat down. Now, let's take it one step further. Ephesians 2.6, what does it say? And he made us to sit down with him. Now meditate on that. I can't, I can't preach this. I don't think, I'm, I'm discovering right now I'm not adequate to get this across. The Spirit of God is going to have to do it for you. He sat down at the beginning of his ministry. He read, the Spirit of God is upon me to help you. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. That's why I'm here. He completed his ministry. He healed all who came to him. He turned away nobody. He healed all who came to him. And then he went to the cross for us. And we won't go through the whole what happened from the cross to the throne right now. But he completed redemption. And he ascended into heaven with his own blood and went into the tabernacle made without hands and, and purified and once for all the sins of all mankind. And he sat down. And then he said, come up here and sit down with me. Sit down with me. And you say, what does that mean, Barry? It means it's finished. It means it's finished. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue bringing you highlights from Karis Bible College's 2018 Healing is Here Conference. I'd like to invite you to come to our campus days. We'll have all of our instructors ministering. We will have fellowship time together. There'll be questions and answers. And it's an opportunity for you to just come check out not only the spiritual things, but the facilities here. We have one of the most beautiful campuses in the world. You can't relate to God and find God through the surroundings, then the word that we share will definitely bring you to another level. It'll be an awesome time right here in Woodland Park. 
You know, if you would like to come to Karis Bible College, but you just can't bring it on yourself to leave where you are and move out here, I would like to let you know that we have extension schools all over the United States as well as many foreign countries. And uh, we have morning classes, night classes. We have Saturday classes where you meet just two Saturdays a month and do the rest by correspondence. There's many ways for you to take advantage. So go check out our website and see if there is a Karis Bible College close to you. As Karis continues to grow, new locations are constantly being added. Students are being equipped through the Word of God and grounded in the message of God's unconditional love and grace. With over 70 locations worldwide and brand new ones starting, there is a Karis waiting for you. Please go to karisbiblecollege.org slash mycampus to find a campus opening near you. I'd like to invite you to come and join me this summer for our Summer Family Bible Conference. It's July the 1st through the 5th, and we are going to have a lot of different speakers. We have a youth ministry. It will bless you. It will encourage you and entertain you, and it's just going to be a great time for the entire family. Remember, it's July the 1st through the 5th, 2019, at our facilities in Woodland Park, Colorado. Thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of The Gospel Truth, and a very heartfelt thank you to all who sow into Andrew Womack Ministries. Your generosity supports the sharing of God's unconditional love and grace to His kids all over the globe. Because of you, people are getting free resources and their lives are being changed. You really are making a difference. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. I'd like to encourage you to get our Healing Is Here materials. We've got it in deep in CDs right here. We also have DVDs that were made at the conference, and we also have a USB here where you can get the entire conference on there. And I tell you, this was powerful. We saw lots of people healed. And the way that Daniel Amstutz and Carly Teradell's ministered along with all of our other guests and Audrey Mack. It was just a powerful time. You won't want to miss it. Our healing is here either on CD, DVD, or USB. Today, you viewed a portion of the 2018 Healing is Here conference. This conference in its entirety is available on either a CD or DVD album or on a USB drive for a gift of $49 or more when you contact us. This valuable product includes 16 powerful teachings that will build your faith to receive your own healing and help you minister healing to others. Also available is the free God Wants You Well booklet. This booklet answers common questions about healing and includes a list of every time Jesus healed someone in the Bible. This valuable resource is available to you for a limited time, free of charge on our website at awmi.net. This offer is limited to one free booklet per household. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download many free resources or call our helpline at 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember, you can order ministry materials 
or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. If you'd like to write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. I'd like to invite you to come to our 2019 Men's Advance. I'm going to have back James Brown and Tony Dungy. And these guys are just awesome. They've been with me the last year or two, and we have had a wonderful time. This is also the first time we will have used our brand new auditorium for the Men's Advance. I can guarantee you the ministry of myself, James Brown, and Tony Dungy will be great. Remember, that's March the 14th through the 16th at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park.